Lindell TV is pleased to present the Sentinel Report with your host, Alex Newman. Alex has written for a wide array of publications in the United States and abroad. He currently serves as a contributor to Epoch Times and foreign correspondent and senior editor for the New American Magazine. Alex is the author of several books and has been a guest on countless radio and television programs and is a much sought after conference speaker. Alex is best known for his reporting and research that has exposed the dangers and agenda of globalism. As the father of five children, Alex is working to defend faith, family, and freedoms from the hostile philosophies and ideas that are contrary to the Bible and the United States Constitution. And now, here is your host, Alex Newman. Welcome, everybody, to this special episode of the Sentinel Report. It is the, We're recording live the day before Thanksgiving. So you may be watching us live right now the day before Thanksgiving. You may be watching us on Thanksgiving or even the next day or listening to us on the radio or by podcast. But today's a special day. We have two very special guests joining us. And because Thanksgiving is coming up, we've actually got a threefer on the Bible verses. So we'll start in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Notice that's a command, right? In other words, it's a sin for you not to be thankful. I don't care what your circumstances are. You need to be thankful. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And then we'll go to Psalm 105, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And because it is Thanksgiving, I thought it would be very appropriate to quote One of our great founding fathers, George Washington himself, uh, he understood that God was the reason that America had been blessed, and uh, we would do well to ponder and even return to the worldview that informed his thinking and, of course, the creation of our country. This is what he said in his 1789 Thanksgiving proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness." Did you hear that, folks? It is an obligation. It is the duty of all nations to obey God's will and be thankful. Uh, Also, Calvin Coolidge, arguably one of the best presidents of the 20th century, actually went to his house uh, up in uh, Vermont. It was really cool. Uh, He said in his 1920 Thanksgiving Day address, he said, as we have grown and prospered in material things, so also should we progress in moral and spiritual things. We are a God-fearing people who should set ourselves against evil and strive for righteousness in living and observing the golden rule. We should, from our abundance, help and serve those less fortunately placed. We should bow in gratitude to God for his many favors. Thank you, President Coolidge, for those brilliant words of wisdom. Like I said, we have two very special guests for you today. But first, you know, and I know, energy bills are rising at an absolutely historic rate. And you know what, folks? There is no end in sight to this as far as the eye can see. Talk to enough people and you'll soon realize that pretty much everybody is shocked by their recent electric bills. And it's going to get worse. Uh, some some studies are actually saying that energy costs have risen a shocking 60% over the last two years. That's why tens of thousands of people are installing this magical little device to help slash their energy bills. The sophisticated gadget actually stabilizes electrical currents, reduces 
dirty electricity and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet and dramatically lower your energy consumption and ultimately help lower your power bills month after month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is actually one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more, folks. If you order now, you're going to get 65% off of your order, fast shipping anywhere in the USA, hassle-free returns, and this is my favorite part, last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, send it back. Go to don'twastepower.com, don'twastepower.com, slash your energy bills at don'twastepower.com, up to 66% off now using the link in the description below, depending on where you are watching us. Again, it's at don'twastepower.com if you're listening by radio or podcast. Our first guest today is Stephen Coughlin. Uh, He's an attorney. He's a decorated intelligence officer. He's a noted specialist on Islamic law, known as Sharia, as well as Islamic ideology and associated issues as they relate to terrorism and subversion. Uh, He integrates his experience in international law, intelligence and strategic communication and high level project management, both in national defense and the private sector to develop unique perspectives, assessments and training packages related to the intersection of national security and Islamic law. Uh, He emphasizes, obviously, evidentiary-based analysis. Now, in September of 2001, Coughlin was uh, mobilized from his private sector career and assigned to the Directorate for Intelligence at the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, Over time, his responsibilities evolved into uh, intelligence support to information operations and strategic communications from a targeting perspective. Other assignments included the Pentagon's National Military Command Center, the National Military Joint Intelligence Center, National Security Council's Interagency Perception Management Threat Panel, and then uh, he demobilized in 2004. In 2006, he was sought out by name and requested to support the Joint Staff J-2 in counterterror threat analysis as a lead consultant. In 2007, he got the Master of Science of Strategic Intelligence from the Joint Military Intelligence College and the Defense Intelligence Agency on threat analysis aspects of Islamic law and related doctrines. He was a major in the U.S. Army and was later assigned to U.S. CENTCOM, where he served in both intelligence and strategic communication and information operations roles. Uh, He has since retired uh, from the reserves. Uh, It's a great honor to have Stephen on the program. Stephen, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, One reason I wanted to bring you on, our mutual friend Chris says you're like the top expert on this. We're hearing a lot of discussion now about interfaith dialogue, especially with what's going on in the Middle East with uh, Israel and Hamas. We're saying we just need more interfaith dialogue. Christians, Muslims, Jews, we can all come together and ultimately we even worship the same God. That's what many people are saying. What do you say to that, Stephen? And that that did foster well, what I would say is uh, thank you first for having me on the show. And one of the things that I've been working on before I became the counterterror person, uh, both me and my wife were Russian language qualified, uh, counter uh, Soviet, counter Warsaw Pact, counter Marxism. And what we have been doing lately is showing the fusion between the Islamic movement and uh, the neo-Marxist or the we call it the political warfare Maoist model where we say they're in a direct alliance. And one of the places where they are in complete sync is in the penetrating interfaith movement. Uh, bringing it to the Islamic side, one of the uh, things to point out, uh, among many things, is that um, it's not a two-way street. If you quote the lead uh, uh, thinkers in, these, in the Islamic movement, the Muslim Brotherhood man named Sayyid Qutb, he said when you do interfaith outreach to non-Muslims, it is a one-way bridge to bring them over and never to have an equal discussion. And in fact, that's exactly what uh, we see going on. 
the other, uh, when we hear these discussions, so that you'll hear Christians or Jews in, in America say, we're building bridges, building bridges. Well, we can literally take the quote from the Islamic movement, the Muslim Brotherhood, to say what that quote means, so that you literally have uh, these people uh, uh, giving the Muslim Brotherhood tagline to let them, let everybody in the world know, whatever that guy's saying, we've got to control over him because he's building bridges. The other part of it to keep in mind is it's a contradiction for a Jew or a Christian to agree um, uh, that it's the same God, uh, one Abrahamic faith, but it is not a contradiction for Muslims to say that. And it becomes very important because in a disingenuous conversation, there's no conflict for a Muslim saying that. You know, in In a presentation I give on, on the interfaith movement, I, I bring this out, putting quotes from the Bible, Old and New Testament, right next to sayings from the Quran, so that you could see how that is understood, so that it's not a problem on one side, but a real problem on the other. And it, it, it you know, and, and and they're not, they're they're there for the purpose of showing there's an absolute conflict here that you can't overcome if you agree to it. So, what does a, a Muslim brother know when he gets his uh? Christian priest, minister, or Jewish rabbi to engage in conflict, he is compromised. And so long as he stays in that discussion, he will remain compromised. And if his views penetrate into the wider religion, they don't have to have everybody in in the in the in the religious organization agree with it. They just have to have that leadership node that tolerates us have to negotiate this with that. And in that regard, uh, back in two nineteen eighty eight. Uh, the the Islamic movement that the, it's called the Islamic movement. The Islamic movement in America is controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood. But in 1988, a book came out called Methodi- Methodology of Dawah Ilaha: An American Perspective. And in that book, they said that they were going to penetrate the Islamic movement because they had already set, assessed that Marxists had already penetrated it. Now that becomes important because their main lines of effort. They are on an Islamic uh, mission, but they subordinated the way they do it to the already ongoing attack into the religious communities in the West that they believe is going to be successful. So, for example, the left has racism, sexism, homophobia. They conditioned their narrative so they created Islamophobia to fit into that. Now, the term Islamophobia, we could trace back to the mid-80s and its modern usage to an organization called the Triple IT the International Institute of Islamic Thought, which is a known Muslim Brotherhood front group. But we then can also show that in the 1990s, a Marxist group out of uh, the UK called the Runnymede Institute is the one that took that term Islamophobia and completely integrated it into the um, Marxist term, which at the time was political correctness. And as that term politically correct uh, developed, it turns into the term hate speech. And what what becomes important is to understand the trajectory of the political cor- politically correct to hate speech uh, is completely paralleled. It's interoper- interoperably integrated with the um, with the hate speech narrative, and so they operate alongside each other. We actually put something out in 2016 saying that the left and the Islamic movement are completely integrated under attack in the West, especially through the interfaith movement. And I think it's important to point out that there's two elements to the interfaith movement, sans Islam, which is why they decided to exploit it when they decided to. The longstanding interfaith movement is if you look at interfaith theology, and there is a theology, 
and it's not Christian. It goes back to these ancient, you know, uh, initiate religions. The most dominant one, I would say, for our purposes, would be Hermeticism, where you have the original uh, Prisca Theologia that when it poured itself into nature, looks to recombine itself, moving history forward. And as history was forward, all the religions come back together again at the end of history, which, of course, Hegel reintroduced that as, you know, the movement forward of history that Marxism then uh, appropriated. So the second aspect of the interfaith movement before Islam that that the Islamic movement realized was going to take down Christianity as an institutional entity in the West. And I would say they have succeeded. And it's for us to start understanding why they have and what, what has to be done to take it back. Is that in 1935, the Comintern, that's the Communist International that was run by the Soviet Union, ordered the standing up and penetration of, of, um, of Christian entities through the Interfaith Foundation. Now, in the United States, the most powerful and the most prominent entity in the interfaith movement was founded in 1940 called the Industrial Areas Foundation. And the Industrial Area Foundation is often called the IAF. And the person who founded that was a Gramsci Marxist with, by the name of, get ready, Saul Alinsky. And what did Saul Alinsky do? He's the same person who wrote Rules for Radical who dedicated his book to Lucifer. What did Marx do before he became prominent for Das Kapital? And 25 years before Das Kapital, Marxism was in full motion. He was writing poetry to to Satan. So what I would say is, when in 1988, the Islamic movement decided to penetrate the interfaith movement and get into an actual, you know, in the language of Marxism, a united front effort, which they did, and which is going on right now through these um, color revolutions, you, you could see that they are absolutely synced up. So much so that when you had riots in Nashville in 2020, it was Muslim Brotherhood leaders, as well as in New York, that did the ground game for the far left Antifa. Uh, that's my that's my starting answer. I hope that helps for you. But it's, yeah, uh, it's it, one that I- there is so much there, Stephen. I, I hope we can get you back to, to go into more depth on this. I really want to explore this kind of uh, almost convergence between the radical left and the jihadists, at least for the purpose of uh, undermining the United States of America and liberty around the world. Uh, We're just about out of time, but uh, what's the best way for folks to follow you? Uh, How can people learn more about this before we bring you on again? Uh, Well, I run an organization called Unconstrained Analytics, and what we do is we do analysis, run analysis uh, along from the initial my training as an intelligence officer, you took intelligence preparation of the battlefield. Your analysis had to be unconstrained by what you wanted to think. You had to follow the evidence. And so we decided to do that when I basically just had to walk out of what was going on in the war on terror because we were not following the evidence of what was going on. And our position was the bat, the war, we thought the war on the war on terror was being fought in the Middle East. And we were arguing it was being fought here in Washington, D.C., and in the media centers when the cultural experts were all Muslim brothers walking us down narratives that gave us no place to win. Uh, so you could contact us or uh, by email on unconstrainedanalytics.org, and we have some stuff. We're going to be rolling something out pretty soon that's going to be more of a finished product than what we're doing on how this actually works. But it's a headache, and we're just going to tell you it's, it's going to be a headache. Yeah. Well, Stephen, we appreciate very much uh, your work. So um, I hope folks will check it out and I hope we can get you back on very soon. Next up, I want to talk about how we uh, fight back against this. But uh, we're all out of time in this segment. So, Stephen, thank you very much. Uh, Unconstrained Analytics, folks. Check it out. We will be right back after this quick break. 
You're watching Lindell TV. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Are you concerned about the economy? Are you concerned about the education system that is pouring radical, immoral, and unsafe ideas into your children's minds? Are you concerned about the rapidly declining moral condition of our nation and fear that your children won't enjoy the standard of living, the safety, and the peace that you and your parents have experienced? Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. But Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's why Greater Than I Ministries is offering a special biblical worldview teaching combo that includes the Thinking Like a Christian video series, along with our new You Are What You Think textbook series, designed to equip couples, church groups, and homeschool families to apply the Bible everywhere you can get this life-changing series now by going to gtimin.com and clicking the green banner at the top. That's gtimin.com and click the green banner at the top. You'll be blessed. Segment really, really short today because we got another guest coming up to break down some of what's going on on the economic front. But it is the 60-year anniversary today of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the president of the United States of America. The conspiracy, the cover-up, and the consequences still plague us to this day. But Kennedy's death doesn't have to be in vain. If we understand why he was murdered and who benefited it, we can move forward as a stronger nation. So over at my website, libertysentinel.org, we've got some great articles on this. We've got an exclusive interview by my friend and colleague, Andrew Muller, covering that tragic day in history, and more importantly, what we can do in light of it. So get over to my website, libertysentinel.org. You'll see a number of posts highlighted there under the featured section. In addition, the New American Magazine, where I serve as senior editor, just released an important special report covering the 60th anniversary of JFK's death. I've actually got an article in there, JFK assassination assassination misdirection, which explores how the evildoers frantically tried to blame anyone and everyone, especially conservatives, for this dastardly deed. They blamed right-wingers and the climate of hate and the John Birch Society and rah, 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 the oil barons and everybody else except the actual evildoers who did it. So get to the newamerican.com, folks. Uh, Andrew's also got a cover story in there that's just uh, phenomenal about why the deep state would have wanted to take out John F. Kennedy. Uh, We do have a lot more news, but we will save it for our next episode so that we have as much time as possible with our next guest. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this quick break. You're watching Lindell TV. 
My employees and I are excited to announce it's our 20th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with the most amazing cotton. Two-inch pipe gusset comes in four custom loft levels, and it's machine washable and dryable. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported in line. That's why we've been around for 20 years, because MyPillow works. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, only $19.98. With my 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Welcome back to the Southern Report. Alex Newman here. Uh, our next guest is Wes Peters. He's a former U.S. Marine, currently with Swiss America, uh, a great company that we have worked with for uh, quite a few years now. Uh, he's been helping Americans preserve their wealth through God's money, gold and silver precious metals. Um, Wes, thank you for joining us. It's a it's an honor and a pleasure to have you. Um, talk to us about the economic news. I mean, it looks like things are getting really out of control. You guys have some good stuff over at uh, SwissAmerica.com in terms of what's going on in the market with gold. Uh, what do you think are, are the key highlights, the key takeaways right now? Uh, yeah, Alex, uh, great to, to be here. Thank you for uh, having me on. Um, uh, there's obviously a, a lot going on right now. Um, you know, uh, with the uh, the banking system, banks are having severe liquidity challenges. Uh, banks are locked into long term uh, investments right now, paying a very low return. Uh, that money is tied up. The banks are having to borrow money from the Fed to uh, cover liquidity uh, liquidation, um, and uh, they're borrowing that money at a higher rate than what these long term investments are paying paying out. So. I think the uh, challenges with the banks are going to continue. Um, De-dollarization, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, BRICS and these other uh, countries walking away from the U.S. dollar. Uh, that's going to continue to be a significant challenge. Uh, those dollars will be coming back home here to the U.S. And the definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing the same goods and services. So, um, you know, there's talk right now that inflation's being tamed, uh, coming down a bit, but um, you know, I, I'm not buying those numbers. Everybody knows it goes to the grocery store. Uh, you walk out of the grocery store, it costs you a hundred bucks and you look down and you don't even need a shopping cart. You can carry everything out in your hands. So, you know, I still think this is a, a definitely a time people have not missed the boat if they have not taken a position in physical gold and silver. Uh, gold did just this week, uh, yesterday cracked over $2,000 an ounce. Uh, it's pulled back a little bit here. Right now we're sitting at 199060 um, but um, I don't think we've seen anything yet. There's a lot of articles, a lot of analysts projecting both gold and silver to go on a terror next year. Uh, I know that, um, you know, everybody, oh, we've you know, been saying that for five years, but the times we're living in, we've never seen before. Um, the push to go to a digital currency. Uh, everyone is terrified of going to a digital currency because once you go to a digital currency, you can kiss all privacy goodbye. Um, our government's going to know who you like to contribute to, where you like to spend your money. Uh, you know, there's talk about a social credit score. So I would just encourage people, Alex, to at least do, you know, do some research. Um, I, I have people buying gold and silver currently that they tell me, 
Wes, I can't believe I'm, I'm calling you and buying gold and silver, but you know, our government's left me no choice. I'm a, a Wall Street stock and mutual fund person, um, which I believe in all those investments. I believe in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate. But the one downside, Alex, to all of those investments is when you liquidate them, you're given a dollar that our government's destroying. When you have physical gold and silver, you're not tied to the dollar because every country, every currency in the world recognizes its value. You could be anywhere in the world and exchange your gold and silver for that currency, including any new currency our government introduces. And that's the number one reason central banks are dumping dollars and buying record amounts of gold is they know where the dollar's heading. They know we're going digital at some point and they don't want to be holding dollars. And the number one question I get from people is, okay, Wes, I buy this gold and silver. How am I going to use it when I can't go to the grocery store and buy food? I can't go to the gas station and put fuel in my vehicle, which is true. And I don't think we're going to get into a barter situation. Anything's possible, so be prepared for that. But the way people are going to be converting their gold and silver is when our government tries to make this seamless transition to a digital currency, my clients can say, okay, Wes, I need three or four months of that digital currency to pay my mortgage, to pay my health insurance, what have you. And we can convert three or four months of their gold and silver to that new currency so they have something to pay their bills. And as that as that gets spent down, then we can sell some more. And they're not having to lay their cards on the table all at once. So, again, I would just encourage people to reach out if they haven't, Alex, and, and get some information. Knowledge is power. Uh, we're here to answer your questions. It's not a high-pressure sales call. It's having a conversation, answering questions. And if someone decides, eh, for whatever reason, this really isn't for me. I'm going to thank you for your time, tell you if you ever change your mind, give us a call. And if you decide it's for you, we've been doing this for 41 years. I'll put our company up against any company out there in the industry. We haven't missed a buyback from our clients in 41 years. So when they need to liquidate, they don't have to find someone to, to buy their gold and silver. They simply pick up the phone and call us and we'll buy it back at, at the current market value. Uh, so very easy, very straightforward. So, Wes, people can get in touch with you at uh, the toll-free number is 877-422-5051. Uh, they can call or text uh, 877-422-5051. We've also got a little thing on, on our website, libertysentinel.org. People can click on that if they want to go the online route. Uh, Wes, we're down to just uh, a couple of minutes left. And mm -hmm. I, I want to uh, drill down a little bit on what you said about the, the digital currencies. I mean, it does look like we're moving rapidly in that direction. Um, any thoughts on how people can can fight back against that? I mean, on a systemic level, too. I mean, how, how do we get involved to, to try to put a stop to this? Well, I know states are trying to pass uh, legislation to not go to a digital currency. Uh, you know, I had always encouraged people to get involved politically. Um, you know, uh, the conservative movement, we need more and more soldiers out there fighting that battle every day, uh, making it clear to uh, the people that uh, that that run our states that, uh, hey, this is not for us. We do not want to do this. Um, but I think it's going to be something forced down our throat, unfortunately, Alex. They're going to use some type of, um, you know, some type of major event, uh, a bunch of these banks failing, uh, which they're already forcing all these small banks out of business. And they're going to have the big five, you know, too big to fail banks. Um, so just get involved, uh, you know, part of the movement, the conservative movement, the fight for our country. Um, and then really the only other option uh, with the wealth that, you know, a person does have is to own physical gold and silver. You can buy gold and silver privately that when you buy it, I don't have to need to know anything about you. I just need to know where do you want me to ship this stuff to? But better yet, when you sell it, 
no matter how much profit you're making, I'm not required to take a date of birth, social security number, generate a 1099 to anybody. All I need to know is where do you want the check to go? So with your wealth, physical gold and silver, uh, do what the people that control money, central banks are doing, buy gold. Um, and, uh, and again, just get involved. That's what I would say, Alex. Yeah. Well, thank you, Wes. Uh, very good advice. And I've been stacking a little bit of gold and silver since I was in college. Uh, gold was, I think, uh, $600 an ounce at the time. Today, it's uh, 2000 Silver was, uh, I think, 7 bucks an ounce, if I'm not mistaken. Today, it's like 25 yep. So, uh, folks, uh, give them a call. Uh, Swiss America, it's uh, 877-422-5051. You can text them, too, although uh, they may not get back to you till the next day if it's late in the afternoon. But, uh, Wes, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Wes Peters with Swiss America, breaking down the latest economic news. Thank you, sir. Hopefully, we'll have you back again. Hey, thank soon. you, Alex. I'd like to wish you and your family and all your listeners and viewers a very, very uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. Blessed Thanksgiving to you as well. And um, folks, uh, today is the day before Thanksgiving. If you're watching us live, if you're listening to us on on radio or podcast, it might be the next day. But uh, whether Thanksgiving is coming for you tomorrow or whether it's in the rearview mirror, I hope uh, it is a very, very blessed one. It's time to be thankful. And let's remember where all blessings come from. They come ultimately from God. I know some of us work really hard and we like to take credit for stuff, but really God is ultimately the source of all blessings. And it is to him that we owe our thanks, our thanksgiving for all the blessings that we have. Thanks for tuning in. Alex Newman, this is the Sentinel Report. Until next time, God bless you all.